While the final four teams battle to see who moves on to the Super Bowl, you can battle for huge cash prizes at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. What's up? It's your boy, Jay Hood. This week, new customers play free for millions with their first deposit. You got what it takes to pull off a conference championship victory? Playing daily fantasy football is simple. All you got to do is pick your lineup of NFL stars while staying under the salary cap and score enough points to bring home cash. And with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, you'll feel the action of the conference championships like never before. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So do me a favor. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code WMVP to play free for millions. That's right. Enter promo code WMVP. To get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. Not just for the football playoffs, but also for the NBA and for college basketball as well. Check it out. The promo code still works. WMVP. DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app. See DraftKings.com for details. Basketball is Hood. It's time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, you've come to the right place. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings, DraftKings.com, and don't forget to download the DraftKings app. I am Jay Hood, and basketball indeed is Hood. The Bulls, they win over the Oklahoma City Thunder by a score of 111 to 110. We'll hear from Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Bulls, and the Bulls just forge ahead. You know what's going on with this team, and I do too, but we need to discuss it. Also, some thoughts from... Mark Spears, my guy from ESPN, as well as Brian Winhurst and Kevin Pelton. They're going to give their thoughts about what is going on with this uh, Chicago Bulls team. And we'll go around the NBA as well. Can I just tell you something? I'm happy for this team, this Bulls team, because not just because they beat Oklahoma City. I'm happy for them because they showed some resolve and was able to win on the road. But the point is, though, is that for the next six to eight weeks, the Bulls just have to hang on, right? The sad story about Lonzo Ball having to need surgery and he's going to be out. That could be six to eight, maybe 10 weeks. The point is, though, is that we expect to see Lonzo Ball back with the Bulls before the regular season ends. So that's a positive. But the Alex Caruso thing, man, I I just can't get past it. I can't shake it. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen with Duke was a dirty player. There's no doubt about that. When he was with Coach K, for whatever reason, he took cheap shots. And you can go through Twitter. You can go through gifs of this dude just, you know, kicking guys and hitting guys while they're in the air. But Grayson Allen, I thought, was not going to do this in the NBA. It's like, oh, well, he's a dirty player. Well, he wasn't a dirty player with Utah. He wasn't a dirty player with Memphis, but his old Duke days came to play on a very, very hard foul on Alex Caruso. And so now he's going to be out. I mean, that could be for the rest of the regular season. Who knows? But it's a dirty-ass play. It didn't make sense, right? It was a foul that didn't need to happen. And I know people are outraged just saying, what, he got one game and a fine? That's it? Well, he doesn't have a track record in the NBA. 
I know his track record from college, and my fear was, I'm like, if he brings that to the NBA, somebody's going to whoop Grayson Allen's ass. Like, he can't just cheap shot guys and get away with it. And I know that Bulls Nation was concerned that, you know, the Bulls weren't going after Grayson Allen after they saw their fallen, fallen comrade down on the floor writhing in pain. Um, it was a bang-bang play. It was an unnecessary play. And Allen needed to be kicked out of that game. But the point is, like, Allen's, like, smiling and just kind of shaking his head with his teammates. Like, I didn't, like he didn't do anything. Um, that guy plays like an asshole, simply put. And it's not because I'm a Bulls fan. I'm just I'm an NBA observer. I'm telling you that. Right. Is the point is that it's unnecessary. And the old school NBA would have handled that. The NBA is bereft of that old head on the bench. There used to be a time in the 90s and in the 2000s where you'd hold on to a veteran player for situations like this. Right. Not only to be able to be kind of like a, another coach in the locker room, but also an old head that has seen things, done things. He's sitting in the locker room knowing he's not going to get playing time, but he's observing things, right? And trying to set the locker room the right way. And the only example of that right now in today's NBA is Udonis Haslam. It's amazing, but he's still around in the NBA and he's still with the Miami Heat. He doesn't play very often. He just kind of just hangs out. And when he is in there, he gets his six files. Okay, <laughs> he, he makes sure he gets his files in, uh, but also kind of a locker room leader. And you just don't have that anymore. You know, the, the NBA is really into their slots uh, on their roster, making sure that they have the best of the best or they have G League players that can come in and out of the lineup. But you missed that old invo- enforcer, a Buddha Edwards, a Robert Parrish, you know, somebody that would just come in and be like, okay. Here's Grayson Allen. Bam, it's going to happen. Somehow, some way, there's going to be retaliation. And it might be bad on the team, uh, but on a player that doesn't play, it doesn't matter much. You know? But that's the old NBA. And so you know, that's the thing that bothers me is because even though the Bulls have Io DeSumo, who played very well against Oklahoma City, and they've got Kobe White, you need someone that can initiate offense. And I think that Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, those are two guys that do a good job in the fast break. Two guys that can be able to move the move the ball, get the offense clicking, and now both those guys are out. So the Bulls just have to maintain, right? It's, the season's not over. I, I didn't expect the Bulls to be the number one seed all year. I mean, come on now. I mean, that's I mean, you, there are so many talented teams like the world champion Bucks. There's the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So you know, I didn't expect the Bulls to be at the top. It's a pleasure that the Bulls were able to be at the top seed, but that wasn't sustainable. Uh, just because of the star power on other teams. But the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. I think my dream and my uh, prediction is going to come true here that uh, they're going to go and play in the playoffs, in the postseason. And hopefully there'll be a perennial playoff team. There'll be a hard out in the playoffs. Middleton goes around two guys, kicks it out to Connaughton. His three won't go. Long rebound. Caruso taken away by Middleton for a moment. Then DeSumo's got it. Hits the trailer. Caruso in a hard foul hard but i don't think it was necessarily a hard foul caruso's attack in the rim it's the second part that i don't even know if it impacted his fall that much but it's unnecessary you know hard to get into the mind of a player but no that's unnecessary grayson allen we know from his time at duke had some issues with this with making some dirty plays and clearly that Dangerous play, and again, flavor two means that Allen is going to the game. If that was your teammate, you'd probably do the same thing. I'm not defending what Allen did. I don't care what his teammates think of it because that's their job. 
you cannot add that extra action, and that's why. I have an issue with the guy, Grayson Allen, because he's done this before. It's a it's a pattern of behavior that goes back to college. I'm not saying he's the worst person on the planet. I'm saying when things like this happen in intense moments, his default setting is to do something dirty, and I don't like that. Well, and, and Kendall, you know this, and Will would know this too. Um, you know, that would never happen if we were on the floor. Someone on right. our team would have knocked that kid into the third row, and I know this league is totally different. They don't do what we did in the 90s, but you have to protect your teammate, just like they do in hockey, just like they do in baseball. If you hit one of my players with a fastball, I'm going to hit your player with a fastball. So you've got to learn how to do those kind of things. You can sit now. Granted, he got out of there before they could actually, you that's, know, retaliate Okay, but there is there is going to be a time where that kid's going to be back out there. And I'm not condoning violence, but you know, an eye for an eye, two for a tooth. I mean, you, we lost a key player to our team, and uh, Crusoe means so much to this team. And then to see that kid smirk and then the look that he had on his face, like you know, like a kid who like I know I got away with something, and the way he looked and no concern, did not even go over to say, "Hey, are you okay? I'm sorry." Um, didn't even reach out to Alex Crusoe even to this point right now because I I talked to Alex. There was no conversation whatsoever so that was really disappointing so this is the play wow yeah the first the fr i saw nothing until the second swipe that, so that's just a hard foul then he took the left arm and pulled his arm down yeah well as i mentioned i'm still not over it <laughs> still not over it because it's not right it's just not right what happened there. And so Alex Caruso is a role player on this team, but an important veteran along with some of the younger players. And it's not going to ruin the bull season, but it just is a sour moment that Grayson Allen is doing stuff like this. You know, I mean, I could go through YouTube and go through Twitter and there's some files there that are hard, but nothing as egregious uh, as what Allen did to Alex Caruso. And again, that's there's the reason why it's a one-game suspension, because what he did in college does not carry over to the NBA. There'll be a target on Allen's back. There's no question about that from somebody, because, you know, if nothing else, basketball, especially in the NBA, it's a fraternity. Uh, that will not be tolerated. Um, if it's not the Bulls, somebody will have something to say about what Grayson Allen did. Yeah, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. And, you know, I'll just say this. You know, we lost Patrick, you know, on a flagrant foul to, you know, a pretty significant injury. And I said this after the game, I think it was against New York and Mitchell Robinson. I think Mitchell Robinson was trying to make a legitimate play on the basketball. It happened to be a flagrant. There's times there's flagrant fouls. But, you know, to for Alex to be in the air like that, for him to take him down like that, you could end his career. And he has a history of this. And that, to me, was really... It was really dangerous. And I really hope the league takes a hard look at them, something like that, because they could they could have really, really seriously hurt him. I mean, he's dealing with his wrist right now. I don't know what to extent his wrist is, but you know, just being there, it's really, really dangerous to wear up to something like that. And I, 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 I personally thought it was, you know, it was just, uh, it wasn't good. It just was not good. Um, and for it to even be extended to a, a flavor two and be thrown out of the game, clearly. The officials must have felt like there was some intent there, the way he yanked him and stabbed him to the floor and his head bounced off the floor. So uh, really, really, really dangerous play. Okay, that's the last thing on Grayson Allen. I'll close that file. 
I'm still just pissed off about it because that's really unfortunate for the Bulls or any team that has to deal with that. Okay, we're moving on now. So the Bulls defeated Oklahoma City by a score of 111 to 110 as Billy Donovan returns to Oklahoma City. Uh, his thoughts as the Bulls were able to get it done. Just a few notes. Good to see Levine out there. 23 and 7 for him. Again, it's going to be him, Mr. Rosen, that's going to have to carry the way. And Vucevic has to step up even another notch. He gave the Bulls 26 points and 15 rebounds. I've said many times in this podcast that I don't have this major problem with Vucevic as some do. The guy's giving you a double double every night. He's not soft in there. He's just um, a guy that can give you you know, walks in and gives you 20 and 10. He, I think he's good enough to be able to do that on a regular basis. But of course, he could do more. Of course. I mean, when you are missing a couple of key players, next man up, you got to be able to step up even more so just to be able to maintain a, a, a certain level of basketball play as you get to the end of the regular season. And shout out to Ayo Desumu. Man, 24 and 8. He's unafraid. He's playing like a five, six year veteran out there. Uh, I saw him at Illinois. You saw him at Illinois. You know that he's a really strong player for, um, was a strong player for uh, Brad Underwood. And so you see him now, and it's like 24 and 8, like it's nothing, right? That's got to be encouraging for Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls as they defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think I mentioned before the game about, you know, having to try to help Io and Kobe back there. This, this was a great game for the both of them because they got rushed. They got sped up. Uh, I obviously we needed him defensively at the end of the game, you know, uh, fouls out, you know, on an offensive foul, which kind of started the momentum. But the reason it happened is we were not able to handle their pressure. And, you know, this is where I think, you know, there's opportunities to help these guys grow and develop when you're in those situations, considering the fact that, you know, two of our primary bull handlers and, and, and Lonzo and, and Alice are not here. And, you know, when you get into these situations in the fourth quarter where teams turn up defensive pressure and pick up full court, like you got to be able to handle the basketball. You got to be able to get it across. You got to be able to like we besides that part, we, we, we couldn't even get into offense, you know, and, and, and Zach got held up in some situations, which had some situations. It didn't it wasn't even a matter of like what like what we were running was bad. We couldn't even get into anything. And I think it's really, really good. Obviously, I'm happy we won, um, and we had a situation, I think, here last year where it kind of turned the ball over late. Some of those same things happened here last year, but this will hopefully be a really good learning experience for our guards about how to basically manage and manage the game and, and handle pressure and draw fouls uh, because, I mean, Dort probably, not, he's obviously a, a great defender, but he was fouling a lot. And you have to understand how to draw fouls. You have to understand how to get closer to the bonus. You have to understand how to relieve the pressure. You have to understand how to make an entry. Like all those things become factors. And, you know, we, uh, when they went small, the, we had a couple bad possessions, but overall it really wasn't too bad. It was our offense that put us, put them out. We, we had way too many empty possessions offensively. So I'm happy we won. And I'm happy that maybe this is an experience these two guards needed to go through from a physical standpoint, that there's some, some opportunities for them to get better and our team to get better. Like I said, with a lot of ball hailing off the floor and it was a, a lot to ask of Zach considering it was his first game back missing, you know, so much time. And without DeMar out there, who's another been a, another primary ball handler coming down the stretch and he's not out there. So, it gets thrusted on some other guys, and, you know, it's it's, it's good. It could be a really good learning experience. Hopefully get better from it. That's from Ayo Desumu. And I just want to continue that. Um, I think at times when um, you're in a zone and then you celebrate too much, you can easily, you know, take away that um, takeover, that um, the zone you're in. So I try to just 
you know, stay laser focused because I know this is a needed, much needed win. You are given an opportunity to rock the team a little bit more from the front of the last How do you feel like you're going through right now? What do you feel like you are trying to concentrate on? Yeah, I mean, um, it's been different. Um, like these last couple games from the beginning of the year, we had all our guys, and I'm missing a role that I'm, I'm taking on well. Um, definitely, it's, it's, it's um, room for improvement that I know that. You know, after watching film, just going through the, you know, those battles that I would improve at. But um, naturally, that was my natural position. So, you know, just getting back to playing, you know, that position, um, it's been it's been going well. What do you feel like you're most comfortable right now, man? The way you're playing on both ends, so like coming into right now, what do you feel like you're getting the most comfortable right now? Yeah, definitely. I just think my pace, you know, watching film. I watched um, film with Coach Donovan earlier today. And I'm just, you know, working on my pace, working on setting up the screens better. Um, I think that is um, – that has been huge for me, and it will continue to be because, you know, with my size, you know, when I just take my time and those pick and rolls, I got boots for jump. I got boots for, you know, um, layups for threes, and then I have my shooters who can shoot, and I can get to my spot. So basically just, you know, understanding the game and, you know, slowing down and, and being more paceful. I think I did a great job of that, except, you know, my sixth foul. Um, I think that was a, a rookie foul. Um, but like I said, now that, you know, going through that, you know, making that mistake in that environment. Um, the next time I go through that, you know, I'd be fine. More on the Bulls with Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective. It's a NBA podcast on the ESPN app. They talked about the injured Bulls. So Brian Windhorst is teamed with Kevin Pelton from ESPN and my guy Mark Spears. They talk about the Bulls. Will there be a trade? What's the state of the Bulls the way they see it? Some thoughts now from Kevin Pelton. Brian Winhurst and Mark Spears. You are bearish on the Bulls at this point. Would you would you describe it that way with this uh, unfortunate string of injuries? I, I'm concerned for the Bulls, I guess is the way I'd put it, because obviously getting Levine back will be a huge boost to them offensively, and they can start win, winning more of these shootouts. And, and Javante Green will just help from a depth standpoint because, you know, the other on Sunday night in Orlando, they basically only played seven players is a real rotation. A handful of other guys got, you know, five to seven minutes each, but there was only seven guys that Billy Donovan was really depending on. So now you can at least push that up to, to eight or nine with Matt Thomas at the fringes of the rotation. Is that, but, isn't a- couple of them like two-way guys or got like hardship yeah. players that they yeah, Tyler, I mean, Tyler Cook's on a two-way he, he, he started, started the last right two games yeah. yeah with Green and and uh Green out and then also uh the Derek Jones injury that you mentioned but defensively they just haven't been the same team without Caruso on the court in particular and then especially without both Lonzo and Caruso on the court this is one of the things I looked at because when I first wrote of it on Thursday I was saying like they're, you know, as long as they have Lonzo, they'll be okay defensively. But the minutes that they play without Lonzo and Caruso, or excuse me, as long as they have Caruso, they'll be okay defensively. But the minutes they play without both of those guys, they're in trouble. And then all of a sudden, after that flagrant foul from Grayson Allen on Friday night, now it's all of those minutes are going to be without both Lonzo and Caruso. And over the course of the season, in those minutes where they've had neither of those two guys on the court, 40% 
of opposing shots have come at the rim, according to Cleaning the Glass data. It was exactly that proportion on Sunday night as they lost in Orlando. Definitely some shooting luck involved in that one for the Magic, who went 11 of 22 on above the break three as well. The Bulls went three of 17. There was a lot of, you know, rewatching that game this morning, a lot of Admiral Schofield and Ignis Brasdakis threes that I don't know that you can necessarily count on, but also it was a lot of guys go beating a path to the rim, and I think that's what we're going to keep seeing without their defense at the point of attack. Spears, you know, Pelton in the story basically posits that without their two best premier defenders, that the Bulls, who have been in first place a big chunk of the season, are in danger of falling all the way down to seventh. And that would be, I mean, I could, I would never have guessed they could be a playing team, but it's, it's something that they got to be worried about um, based on the, the, how tight the East is and, and the, the severity of these injuries. Yeah, right now it looks like uh, DeRozan and the Miracles, man. I mean, he, he had, what, 41? Yep. And they still lost. <laughs> like, and, and they're typically pretty great when he scores over 30, um, nine and three now in those games. But, you know, Chicago just had nine players available. And only had ten assists as opposed to twenty-two turnovers. That that guard play is is devastating to him. And it's you know, Brian, it, I hate to see this man because I've been excited about like the Bulls being relevant, and um, injury certainly has, has ravaged this team. When healthy, uh, their roster is, I think, really intriguing. A lot of potential to it. You know, we don't talk enough about Vucevic and him being a double-double machine and, and what he brings to the table, maybe because just, he's just not a sexy all-star, but he's still an all-star. I think DeRozan will be an all-star this time around, and and Zach Levine with his USA basketball experience has certainly turned the corner. So Zach's back. I'm curious to think what, you know, Kevin, what you project they'll be if, if Zach is back soon, if you still think they would drop like that, but... You know, um, I don't know who's out there to help them, but it, it seems like they're with what they have at stake and, and the fact that those two key guards will be back, you know, before the postseason, assuming they're in the postseason. Maybe Chicago has to do something, man, make a couple moves, be creative in order to try to get some of that that um, that that bandaid they need to to get to the postseason. Ryan Windhorse in the Hoop Collective. Good podcast on the ESPN app. Uh, some quick things about the MVP. You know, we were talking about this uh, the other week about the MVP race, and Joel Embiid should be in the conversation at this point in time. He's third in all-star voting for the East, but the point is, this season, Joel Embiid for the Sixers, 30-plus points in 13 of his last 14 games. He's one of two players this season with 28 points per game and 10 rebounds. The other one would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. The 76ers have won 11 of the last 14 games. And Joel Embiid, 34 points, 56% from the field, 41% from three. Okay, 10 rebounds in his last 14 games. Maybe I went too fast. 34 points a game, 56% from the field, 41 freaking percent from three. 10 rebounds and in his last 14 games. That's amazing. <laughs> Some thoughts from Brian Scalabrini, my guy from Sirius XM NBA Radio. The dude's dominant right now. Uh, I'm talking about MB, not Scal. What about just the way he's played 
since he's missed that time. First of all, you run through the results, the team's wins or losses, and then you run through his stats. I mean, you're, you're 30, 30, 40, 40, 50, 40, 30, 30, 30, 30. It's just ridiculous how many, how many games he's dominated in a row. And like I said, this is not, the old Embiid would not do that. You'll have 32, then you'll have 22, 22, 10. Right now, man, you can like almost pencil him in for 30 points. And this is like an era where it's a guard-driven league. Now, this is like the big man coming back. He is like the most dominant big man we've seen. I mean, go, you want to go back to Shaq? You want to go back to Elijah? Like, like he is so dominant right now with his back to the basket. And he could step out knock down a three or, or pick and pop from 15. So probably one of the most complete big men we've had in, in the league. Joel Embiid is hot. There's no question about that. And by the way, Anthony Davis is back with the Lakers as the Lakers are going to um, face Brooklyn. So Anthony Davis, Chicago's own, is healthy. And so that's cool to see. All right. We'll see if he can stay healthy. The Lakers need him. And Frank Bogle needs him, too, to keep his job. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Don't forget to catch me with David Kaplan, Captain J-Hood Mornings, between 7 and 10 a.m. Central on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Hit me up on Twitter. I want to get your thoughts on the Bulls and the NBA. Twitter.com, tweet J-Hood, or Instagram, IGJ-Hood. Let me know what you're listening. And don't forget the merchandise. Yes, we have Under the Hood merchandise. Check it out on my Instagram, IGJ-Hood, on Twitter, Twitter.com, tweet J-Hood. Click my link tree. The merchandise is the first thing that you'll see. Get yourself a t-shirt, a mug, a tumbler, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, and represent your favorite basketball podcast, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood.